0: Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. You know, it might be a little bit harder for me to talk college football this week. If, you know, I mean, and that's a lot of us in Texas, right? A lot of Texas teams did not do well. We talk about faith, family, and freedom, and sometimes football on this show. Uh, If you're new to the show, we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom in the arenas of the courts the legislature, in the media. This show's been going now for over five years, weekly. You can find us on Facebook as you do now, also on podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, you name it. As a matter of fact, we're streaming live on Facebook as we're doing this. I'm going to go to my Facebook page right now. I want you to do the same and share this post so we can get it into some groups, get it in front of, in front of some more eyes, and so more people can be a part of this important conversation that we're going to have. We're going to talk about the issue of school choice today. And look, you might not be a fan of school choice. Um, Let me see here. And maybe you are, maybe you aren't. Maybe you want to learn a little bit more about it. So wherever you are on the issue, it's front and center right now in the state of Texas. So love to have you a part of the conversation. You want to drop a comment, maybe ask a question. We'll try to answer it during this segment of the Texas Values Report. This week. But I'm excited we have a great guest today who I guess you could say is an expert. Not guest, I mean. Uh, It's fair to say that he has got a tremendous amount of expertise in the school choice issue in education for some many years. Matthew Ladner is going to be our guest today on the Texas Values Report. He is a senior advisor for the Center for Education Policy at Heritage Foundation, serving under our good friend Kevin Roberts, who I understand is in Texas today. And I bet he's going to be at the event I'm going to be at later today on School Choice, including a presentation and an appearance by Governor Greg Abbott from the state of Texas but Matthew is a proud graduate of the University of Texas at Austin, got his Ph.D. from the University of Houston. Just a couple of things we figured out that we have in common. Previously, he worked in Arizona at the Arizona Center for Student Opportunity at the Arizona Charter School Association He knows a lot about, and the Goldwater Institute, excuse me, he knows a lot about the issue of school choice, which I'm glad. Because I know a little bit, but I always like to bring people on that know a little bit more. This is an issue I've worked on for a while, but maybe not quite as deep as when it comes to religious liberty and pro-life and some of those issues. And so we're going to have a great conversation. Matthew, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Thanks for having me. Well, listen, I know you jumped on quickly. We were trying to connect with Kevin and I'll say hello to him in person because there's a lot going on in the state of Texas right now on the issue of school choice. Many people know that we started a special session of our legislature on Monday. I was down at the Capitol on Monday when things got started. Not a whole lot happened in the House, okay? And I'm not trying to play favorites or pick on any people. I'm just saying. They came in, they took a roll call, and they gaveled out, but I think they're coming back today on Thursday. The Senate was ready with a bill. They had a hearing. They already passed something out of committee. I think there's a floor vote on a piece of school choice legislation today. It might be happening as we're doing the show, as a matter of fact, so I might get some updates on that. Um, but Matthew, I'm glad you're here because, you know, your uh, president, executive director, whatever uh, Kevin's official title is, I'll see him later. And I know you guys are all over this issue as it pertains not only to the country, but but the state of Texas. So tell us a little bit more, though, about your background on ed- education policy, and then we'll get into some details about what's happening in Texas right now.
1: Well, sure thing. I was born and raised there in Texas, and uh, but I've been living in uh, as a Texas expatriate, uh, living abroad in Arizona for the last 20 years. So always happy to return to the nation of my birth there in Texas and hopefully we'll be back there soon. Uh, lived here in Arizona for 20 years and uh, was uh, very fortunate to be a part of the team that uh, created the nation's first education savings account program uh, to empower families, uh, which is now universal to all Arizona families. Uh, so uh, I've got a lot of great stuff going on out here and trying to help people around the country.
0: Well, I mean, look, you look at states like Arizona, Florida, many across the country that have some type of school choice program that's been in place for a while. I think over 30 states have some type of school choice program that's a part of their education system. Texas does not, hoping to be either 31st or 32nd. And that's not to try to make us look bad, but at least for people to understand. It's not as if Texas is going out there and testing something. These are things that have been done and have worked well In other states for quite some time um you know when when we were starting um you were talking to me a little bit about some studies that y'all done on the issue of, of rural areas and i want to cover that in just a second but i'd love to just hear your experience on how the issue of school choice has been going in arizona and maybe what what have been some of the keys that allowed those elected officials to be comfortable with supporting that and having it come into effect
1: yeah if you If you're brave enough to try it, you're gonna like it. Um, we are <laughs> that's, that's a meme
0: we're gonna create now..
1: <laughs> yeah, We're almost 30 years into an experience here in Arizona where we have empowered our our teachers and our educators to create their own schools. And it is Arizona families who are deciding which schools they value. Uh, which schools they want more of, and which schools they don't particularly care for. Um, And when you have that sort of a system, basically, families and educators are like the two hands of a potter at a potter's wheel, and you shape the clay of the education system. And the result of this is, is that Arizona has a remarkable, at least compared to most other states, a remarkably pluralistic system, with a variety of different types of schools across all different types of communities. And uh, Stanford University has put out data in the last couple of years that shows that Arizona students learned faster than students in any other state. And academic growth is generally regarded by scholars as the most important measure uh, of school quality. So uh, we, we don't-
0: if Stanford says it's good, I mean, who am I to argue? right? Um, But, you know, and and I mean, that, why wouldn't that satisfy some people? I mean, a lot of people that are critics of of school choice and education savings accounts and things of this nature typically are a little bit more liberal. I don't, I mean, Stanford, I would imagine you've got a lot of, you know, education elites, people that lean left. I mean, I don't know what the split is over there in that university, what the, you know, what the thinking is, but I, I would imagine that's likely the case. And so you would think that might convince some people, but sometimes even you show people evidence of it, you give them facts, you give them statistics, and still they're like, they don't want to hear it, right? They've already convinced themselves uh, of their position, but I think it's good to hear that, right? To get sort of an independent and objective source and a reputable source, Stanford University, to say, hey, this is what you know, the evidence shows. Um, can we get a copy of that report that you just mentioned? Is that online somewhere?
1: It's called the Stanford Educational Opportunity Project. You can Google it okay. and go and look it to your heart's content. And yeah. let me tell you, it was assembled by a Stanford sociologist. It's national data, and sociologists from Stanford are not known to be in the tank for Arizona for some random reason. Well, look, <laughs> you and I
0: were our graduates of the University of Texas at Austin. I received my degree in sociology. That was my undergraduate major. I minored in government, so there was some overlap Mm -hmm. there, which led me to law school, but there weren't a lot of friendly people. Well, there weren't a lot of people at the sociology department at the University of Texas that I would consider on the right, even maybe in the middle. There were a few, but most of them were very liberal in their views and policies you know, I mean, it's a free country. I'm just telling you that's what what my experience was. And that was 30, 25, 30 years ago, right? A couple yep. of professors that were sort of in the middle. And so to your point, that's who these reports are coming from. And so this, and, and look, this shouldn't be a political issue. As a matter of fact, the polling shows that an overwhelming majority of Republicans support some type of school choice measures and the majority of Democrats. So maybe there's a chance yep. for us to come together on these issues. Let's talk about Texas a little bit. All right. We had a hearing this week, bills passed out of committee in the Senate. You know, who knows that that language may change. Texas has set aside, they're taking money from their general revenue fund. It's not going to impact the amount of money that is already going to public schools. As a matter of fact, Texas increased their funding for public schools. Um, and, And so we'll see how that turns out. But um, I think $500 billion is what they're looking at from the general revenue. But I would, you know, you said you did some study on sort of rural issues and how those work in states. And tell me about what that looks like in Texas. If you live in the rural community, which is where we see a little bit more opposition, at least it appears that way from some Republican House members. Um, what is it good for people in the rural areas to know about school choice?
1: Yeah, um, a lot of the opposition in Texas centers around this idea that school choice is going to lay waste to rural school districts and uh, leave nothing behind in its wake. And um, the reality is, is that, um, you know, we've had school choice here in Arizona and including the rural areas. There's more school choice here in Arizona than any other state and by far more in rural Arizona than any other state. And what we see is is that every single school district that was operating in, say, 1993, the year before we began our school choice journey, is still operating. They are still playing football on Friday nights, um, including players like B. John Robinson, who Texas we is like him. well him. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great young man. Um, and anyway, see, you're
0: my but, kind of <laughs> guest, Matthew. He can make that connection yeah. of policy. Throws a little football in there. I'm gonna tell Kevin Roberts that we're gonna invite you back next time. You're you're the same as if he was here because that's what he would do. But yeah, absolutely.
1: So, so <laughs> Keep going though. Dist- Sorry. All the school districts that were there in 1993 are still there. Their kids are still playing football on Friday nights. But you know what else they're doing? They're learning how to read and they're learning how to do math at, at much higher levels than they had in the past. This idea that school choice is going to destroy school districts is simply false. There are many states that have a lot of experience with school choice at this point, and none of these boogeyman stories have ever come to pass. And I have to add that when you look at the national tests, what's happening in rural Texas is quite the opposite of what is happening in rural Arizona. Academics in rural Texas have been in decline for over a decade. And in fact, in 2022, um, on the National Assessment of Educational Progress, or the nation's report card, Texas rural eighth graders were doing math at a level that rural sixth graders would have been doing in 2007. There are big problems, but also big benefits, not only to families, but also to teachers. I don't think this gets emphasized enough, but I have teachers in my extended family, I'm sure you do too, and most people listening do. And if you think about the conversations you'll have around the Thanksgiving dinner table, perhaps, right, usually what you hear from a gathering of public school teachers is one, they're fed up with bureaucracy, they're fed up with administration, and they're convinced that if they had the opportunity to run the show, that they would do much better. And let me tell you, Arizona and some other states now, a growing number of states have decided to to take them up on this. We've decided to say, hey, you know what? Show us. Don't tell us. Show us. You have a vision for a high quality school. You think families will invest in it and and get behind you. We're going to make that possible for you.
0: Yeah. let, Let the free market, so to speak, decide. We're talking with Matthew Ladner. He is senior advisor for the Center for Education Policy at Heritage Foundation. Heritage Foundation is one of our strongest friends and partners at the national level. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to be up there next week. There's a religious freedom event happening. I'm trying to squeeze into my schedule for 36 hours and make it up there to see some good folks that are involved in that. Um, This week, the Texas legislature started a special session. It's not just on the school choice and education savings accounts, but that certainly is the main focus. The governor has added a few other items, border security, Um, protection against vaccine mandates and things of that nature. But the driving issue, in my opinion, and I think most people would agree, is the school choice issue. So we'll see how that plays out. There's a big event at the AT&T Center this afternoon. I believe it starts at 3.30. I'm registered for it. If you haven't been, look at our website. You might be able to still get in. Governor Abbott's going to be there. I think Kevin Roberts is going to be there from Heritage Foundation. So, you know, a lot of people may not have been paying attention to this issue, Matthew, and they're like, oh, the legislature's doing that? Wait, what's going on? And maybe some of them, their instinct is, oh, I don't like that, or, oh, that is a good idea. But it's an opportunity for people to get information. There's a great website, txparentsmatter.com, txparentsmatter.com, if people want to get some more information about this issue in the state of Texas. And Matthew, look, there are a lot of rural areas, right, in the state of Texas. I mean, Texas is massive. The majority of the population for the state of Texas is actually east of 35, right? Everything west, which is the majority, you know, geographically of the state, heading over to Arizona is not where most of the population is, but those kids matter too. Those families matter. And why shouldn't they have some choices? And why should people be afraid of that? You know, if you're a state rep in that area, I think a lot of it is political. Most, if not all, of the political unions are heavily Democratic. They're putting a lot of pressure On um, House members and some Senate members, you know, most of their giving of these teachers' unions, uh, an overwhelming majority of their giving is to Democrat um, elected officials. And so, you know, this issue has become political, whether it should be or not. And I'm hoping we can get some facts injected in this. People can hear in these hearings and get more good information so they can be comfortable with it. And they can see, as you're laying out, this is an opportunity— for Texas to do better when it comes to education, particularly in some parts of the state that maybe get neglected sometimes. And I think that's that's what you're touching on. Um, and to your point, I'm looking at some of your notes here <clears throat> about how we have a lot of growth still in the state of Texas, right? And so, if we, you know, and it doesn't have to just be the big cities. We want to make sure we look out for those rural areas. I'm curious, what do you think is going to happen in the state of Texas? I mean, if you have sort of predicting or or what do you think is the key I should say, for um, having the best opportunity for us to see school choice in the state of Texas?
1: Yeah, like I think a lot has changed during the pandemic. We've seen the rise of micro schools, um, which are very well suited to uh, rural areas. Um, You know, the Kind of the older model of choice would be to hey, let's build a thirty million dollar you know charter school building and 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 have six hundred students, which that doesn't really work for rural communities. But we're seeing a lot of people actually return to the education into the teaching profession, right? In order to found their own schools. Okay, wow. so sooner or later, maybe soon, maybe later, we'll see. Um, the state of Texas is going to put their confidence in families and in teachers in order to shape the kind of K-12 system you want to have. The status quo does not work for a vast vast majority of kids. It also doesn't work well for most teachers. Yeah. Uh, you know who it does work for? It works for those union bosses you referred to earlier, but they're pretty much the only ones and uh, and they're on the wrong side of history here.
0: Well, and look, I mean, I do think to your point, a lot of us learn more about how our kids learn and some teachers learn some of those differences too. When everybody's kids were at home for a while during COVID, I know I did. I've got three children that are teenagers at the time. Two were in middle school. One was just about ready to start high school. And, you know, I thought I knew my kids well, but I learned a lot about them. You know, seeing the different challenges, their different approaches and how they responded to certain different teaching methods and so on. Um, And so kids learn differently. We know more about those things. There are more opportunities. To your point, there are more teachers that are maybe looking at different approaches to where they're more comfortable in a charter school or a private school or some other setting where maybe it's smaller or it's related to some different challenges, whether it's dyslexia, or some other learning issue that comes up that's more unique in many of those schools too. I mean, at least in Texas, they have athletics programs too. So it's not like you're going to have one or the other. Sometimes that creates more opponents for you to play in your, um, you know, in your public school, right? I mean, they could be in your area. There's a lot of reasons why I think these things can work when people sort of get past, you know, some of the. Um, the rhetoric that they're hearing and the scare tactics. And so, but we're just getting started on this. The governor said if it doesn't work this special session, he's going to call another special session because special sessions only last 30 days. So it might happen quickly or we might get nowhere and we'll be back for another 30 days. We'll see about that. Just more opportunities for you, Matthew, and others to get that good information out there. We'll look for that Stanford report. And uh, send people to TXParentsMatter.com. Matthew, listen, thank you for the work you're doing at Heritage Foundation. I love to hear that you've got that connection with my colleague, Kathy Herod in Arizona. And uh, hopefully I'll see you at Texas, you know, DKR, Texas Memorial Stadium sometime soon at a football game and we can win the rest of our games this season. We'll see how that goes. But Matthew, thank for you for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report.
1: Thanks for having me on. All
0: right. Good to have Matthew. Hadn't met him before. I'm excited about that. Always good to meet a fellow Longhorn, but also somebody that cares about these issues in the state of Texas and knows his stuff. He certainly knows the education school choice issue better than me, which I was glad to have him on. And that's what we do sometimes with this show, right? We will feature other people. Let them give you good information. Let them give you stats. That report that he brought up, I would not have heard about that. Now, if we were talking about religious freedom or pro-life, I might have had a little bit more to draw from. But that doesn't mean that our organization does not care about the school choice issue. We acknowledge there are some things where we're going to know a little bit more and we're going to be the lead. There are others where we play a partner role or we follow the lead or we let somebody else take the lead and we work together with them, like our friends at Texas Public Policy Foundation are doing, Corey DeAngelis. But we did testify on Tuesday on the Senate bill in support of that, we're excited to see that move forward by Senator Brandon Creighton. If you didn't see the show last week, he was our guest, so go back and look at that. It's on Facebook. It's also on iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, a whole bunch of different podcasting formats. And as a matter of fact, if you haven't downloaded our app yet, please download our app. Just go to the the, um, the App Store for iPhone users, Google Play for Android. I think that's right. All right, and download our app, and that way you can see some of our recent broadcast, um, previous ones, and sort of get up to speed on what we're doing. We actually had two on School Choice last week. We had Senator Brandon Creighton, who is the chair of the Education Committee in the Senate, Senate member over there, Brandon Creighton. And then later in the week, or I think on Friday, we had Mandy Drogan, who is um, in, a, in a leadership role with Texas Public Policy Foundation, but focusing on parental empowerment and school choice. We're going to see her later today down at that event at AT&T Center on the campus of the University of Texas. Don't get mad at me, Red Raiders and Long and, and Aggies, okay? I'm just telling you what we're doing today. I love y'all too, all right? We can come together on these issues. Um, so, But that's where it's going to be on the University of Texas campus today, right close to downtown, close to our downtown office. So I'm going to be down there checking some of that, running back and forth a little bit. And so, hey, speaking of um, state of Texas and some of the work we're doing in events, we've got a great event on December 6th in North Texas, in Plano, Glen Eagles Country Club. We're going to have Kelly Shackled, Shackelford, I can't even say his last name. Kelly Shackleford, one of the most successful First Amendment lawyers, religious freedom lawyers in the country. He was named top 25 lawyers for the past 25 years in Texas a couple years ago. Knows his stuff, is also on the board of Texas Values. He's going to be as, there as one of our guest speakers and appearances. Mark Davis, who has a daily show um, on 660, The Answer, Case Guy, uh, he's going to be there as, as one of our guests too. We're still working out what role he's going to be in. And we got a couple of invites for some of our elected officials. I know Matt Shaheen's gonna be there, other representatives, and we might have something special from you for you from the podium. We're giving out the Kelly Shackelford Award at that event. Okay, this is a, an award we give out every year, not to an elected official, someone who is not an elected official, but in some meaningful way has demonstrated leadership on the issues of faith, family, and freedom. You want to be there when Kelly gives out that award. And be there to support Kelly. Give him some attaboys and encouragement. Uh, The man went through open-heart surgery a month or two ago. And is doing great right now, okay? But be good to see him in person. December 6th, go to our website, txvalues.org, if you want to get those tickets. It's not a huge space that we have. I think it only holds about 220 people. That event will sell out. Get your tickets now before we run out of seats. We're going to be announcing very soon we're going to have an event later in the year in the Houston area as well, Um, but these are all the many reasons why you should consider supporting us. You can make a tax-deductible donation at txvalues.org. Listen, as a 501c3 nonprofit organization, I wanna make sure people understand, this is how we continue to operate. We have close to a $2 million budget. I work here full-time, so do several other people. You have to have that kind of investment in people and people in these roles to be effective on these issues and be working on them every single day, all right? Is our office Monday through Friday that it's open? Sure. But I'm working on Saturdays. Sometimes I got to do stuff on Sundays. You know, the way the news cycle is these days, things are always breaking. There's almost no end to it. Or stopping point, and so, but you gotta have quality people doing this work. As a matter of fact, we have two openings right now. We're hiring for a um, someone who's got some policy and political experience, a hybrid role on that. If you're interested, we're also looking to bring somebody on to our Church Ambassador Network of Texas position. That is a position we're looking for somebody who is a pastor in a church or a former church or pastor leader. Check that out. That is basically a central Texas located position. And um, we're looking for somebody in the area of development, too, to help us with some of our fundraising to create new relationships so we can continue to have people donate to us and see the value in the work we do and see that return on their investment. And we've had quite an extraordinary year, there is no doubt, with some of the leadership we took on some key pieces of legislation that were passed, some other victories we had on some local issues like Fort Worth and other parts of the state. So many reasons to see value. Listen, if you didn't see it last week, our partner group, Texas Values Action, released the scorecard ranking and giving a score to every member of the Texas House and the Texas Senate. Um, and so go to txvaluesaction.org forward slash scorecard and you can see where did your rep your house or senate member fall on that list were they a fa- faith and family champion did they get a 90 score of 90 or above did some people get 100 it's very hard to get 100 but check that out we're put, putting some of that on social media too sort of uh, some shout outs and some congratulations to some people that got 90 and above but that is a comprehensive list of votes of legislative actions and committee co-authoring and co-sponsoring bills, amendments, a whole lot of work went into that and a lot of information we pulled together to give you as, you know, as a robust kind of indication and comprehensive indication of how your house or senate member did on these issues this legislative session. txvaluesaction.org forward slash scorecard, the faith and family scorecard from Texas Values Action. You want to check that out. Listen, txvalues.org is our main website. If you see value in the work we do, we need your financial support. We continue to take on new work. Our expenses continue to get higher with this Biden economy. Please step forward. Make that donation now. Make that donation now at txvalues.org. And that's how together we'll protect faith, family, and freedom in Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.